Hello and welcome to the Let's Talk Bipolar podcast hosted by Emma Bell and brought to you by Bipolar UK. You can find all of our resources at www.bipolaruk.org. Welcome to this episode of Let's Talk Bipolar and my guest this week is Mickey Woods and Mickey lives with bipolar and is diagnosed with bipolar 2 and she is a musician and she is also a mum of one. So Mickey welcome to the show how are you? Hey um, I'm not too great at the minute of it like honestly um but that's just how it is, isn't it? We have the ups and downs. Oh, I'm, um, s- I'm sorry. Yeah, we do. And yeah. it's just rubbish when it's, yeah, rub- it's rubbish sure. when it's rubbish. Um, yeah, exactly. So, Mickey, before we get into our chat, could you, in your own words, introduce us to you? Tell us a little bit about you. Tell me. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, as you said, I'm Mickey. Um, my head's up. I've got a stammer. So, if I do pause a little bit, that's why. Um, yeah, so I do music under Wilted Flower. Um, I've been writing music for a really, really, really long time, um, which is always really good. Um, I have a child, uh, she's three months old. Um, so it's definitely been interesting combining the two things. Um, I'm 24 um, and I live in Derby. Thank you. So you got diagnosed two years ago, right? Yeah. And can we... Two years ago. Two years ago. Can we go back and can we start from when you first realised and knew that bipolar was part of your life and here to stay, like we all have to realise, which is just rubbish. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what was that like for it's you? No, it's not great. It's far from great. Um, and yeah. what, what was that like for you? Because I noticed that you said it was whilst you were already in hospital that you received that diagnosis. So can you tell me a bit about that? Yeah. So it was always sort of on the cards. My father had bipolar um, and he passed away a few years ago. Um, so it didn't come as a complete shock. And I'd always sort of had had issues, but I never really knew what they were. Um, so when I was inpatient uh, for about three weeks um, and they sort of said, yeah, like here, here it is. And I had mixed feelings about it, sort of as you do. It was nice to know mm-hmm. in a sense that now I could be like, right, okay, so this is what I have. How can I like try to control it as much as I, I can? Um, but it was also hard. Mm-hmm. um because obviously the only experience I had was my dad and he didn't he didn't really get get the help um so yeah a little bit of a mixed bag so you were already in hospital because you were having a period of being unwell or how had you why were you in hospital at the time um so I had attempted suicide um okay. so that's how I ended up sort of sort of there um and it was interesting for sure it was my first time in hospital so I didn't really know what to expect Mm -hmm. um I was just obviously hoping to get answers um and um I think it was just it was a really odd time in my life um my 
partner had just split up with me and um, I didn't really know any because I'd moved up here because that was where she, she was from. Um, so I didn't really know anybody. Um, so it was a really scary time, but it sort of ended ended really well because obviously once I knew what the problem was, I mm-hmm. did a lot of sort of like research around it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. So, and and before that, so I'm really sorry, you know, I, I've been in a place where I've tried to take my own life and and it's just such a dark space to be in and I'm sorry that you've you've been in these spaces um and I'm you know deeply grateful that you're here to talk to me today um so before that because I talk to people and I say when did you get diagnosed and know that bipolar was part of your life but when looking back when did bipolar really start first affecting your life so maybe we've gone periods of time without being diagnosed. I mean, was this the case for you? Yeah, so I didn't get diagnosed till I was 22. Mm-hmm. Um, so before that, I'd always known like that I'd sort of, that something was wrong. I'd sort of always had periods of always being high and people would be like, wow, you're so fun and, you know, and that sort of stuff. And then I'd sort of had the periods of not so fun um, and stuff like I'd been self-harming since I was about 16 as well um so I guess I knew that something was wrong and then obviously with my dad uh when he passed away it was about four years ago now that was when I was a bit like right it was kind of really yeah and mine and sort of compare the two but yeah I've I've struggled since I can remember about 12 so yeah Mm. a long time yeah and it's um it's really um I mean I I I can remember feeling me personally like my life was hard from 11 or so you know like yeah and then really when I when I got to like 14 15 like you know feeling very low and feeling very down and I I I self-harmed in my teens and um very very difficult time looking back now you know I'm 40 now and I look back at those years and people around me say I'll do anything to go back and be young and and I think gosh I don't think I would (laughs) actually you know for me it was like for me it was hard it you know being young wasn't easy there was lots of stuff going on at home as well right it's not all down to mental health there was lots of things going on around me but it was hard and you know mm-hmm. people around me I'd oh, do anything to go back to those days and I think I don't, yeah. I don't think I would actually oh, I completely agree yeah completely agree it's weird because sometimes I feel like a bit of an alien everyone's like talking about yeah. it I'm like mm, yeah no I'm all right thanks yeah. I'm, I'm all good thank I'm all you. good thank yeah, you I don't sure want to do it again <laughs> yeah I don't want to do it again but thanks. I think it is it is sort of helpful to look back in hindsight though sometimes I look back and I'm kind of able to analyze my behavior now that I've got more coping skills yes I think old me was obviously terrified because I didn't really understand what what was happening and I guess one of the perks of now knowing is that I can understand it to a certain extent I guess but Yeah. yeah it can take some of the fear out of it right it doesn't make it easier necessarily it doesn't mean that oh everything's rosy now 
there's moments and seasons that are super super tough still and just by knowing and understanding I think it can take away a little bit of the panic and a little bit of the I don't know what's happening to me what's going to happen next that totally out of control like yeah I don't even know what's happening to me and that changes doesn't it to I know what's happening to me and it's still hard Uh, you know it's just nice it's nice to be aware of why um and that for me anyway brought a bit of comfort which is what I think I'm hearing in what you're saying too oh completely yeah absolutely because it sort of puts puts things into perspective then because you can then be like right this is happening and like when it comes up to because one of my key triggers is stress and like anniversaries of things so I always make sure I'm sort of prepped beforehand Mm -hmm. uh, which can be really really helpful so I think it's about learning your triggers whereas previously I wouldn't have done that so yeah and how could you have if you didn't know exactly like we don't know what we don't know right and um and it's lovely when we know more because we can do better and um but sometimes I don't know about you I look back on the younger version of me and I feel a bit sad for her and I Mm. think oh you know I feel a bit sad for you because you just didn't know yeah and in like life was just happening to you and it was chaotic and hard and yeah and I look back and I think oh no you know I just want to go and rescue her (laughs) yeah because you can't have that time again like that you can't have that again so you just got to use it I guess that's it use it as knowledge inspiration to move forward for yourself for sure and and be more empowered right in your own wellness and stability or quest for stability so okay so it starts showing you had you were self-harming from a young age and um you then tried to take your own life and ended up in hospital so were you in a psychiatric ward when you were in hospital were you were they looking after you had what what sort of care were you under at that time yeah, so it was a psychiatric ward. Um, it was an acute ward, so mm-hmm. lots of people, not enough staff, very underfunded. Um, so it wasn't a positive experience, but then um, I was privileged to be transferred to a priory, um, mm-hmm. and that was really, really helpful, and that's when sort of I got diagnosed, because, okay. you know, like in the acute ward it's I don't know whether I don't know it's just like it's mad there's just so many people um that it's very difficult to give people personalized care Mm -hmm. um so that bit was really scary um but then when I got sort of transferred things things became to be uh, a little bit more clear and um not as hard Mm -hmm. and when you were diagnosed and I'm so glad you got that diagnosis fairly swiftly. Um, when you were diagnosed, how did you feel? A lot of things. Um, I felt r- relief because I'd sort of known, not not completely known, but I'd, I, I'd had my sort of suspicions for a good few years. Um, so it was quite relieving. Um, in that sense but it's also absolutely terrifying because it's not something that can be cured so Mm -hmm. I think that is quite scary in in itself Um, obviously I 
saw how it affected my dad and that sort of stuff so it was a very mixed mixed time but I, I would say mostly positive because I'd been fighting really hard for them to be like yes it is because I'd through my own research and my own sort of experience with people who, who have bipolar I sort of had a little bit of an idea um mm. but I'd had to fight really hard for that so yeah it's um I'm sorry you had to fight so hard for what you needed um to kind of move forward and then what what did they make did they give you medication what was your care plan what did that look like once you'd received your diagnosis you know what did the medical professionals say right this is what we're going to do this is how we're going to help you yeah so I put on a new tablet um which I found really helpful um we came up with like coping skills and like a a crisis plan for if Mm -hmm. if if anything were to happen sort of like to get on it ahead of ahead of time um and I was really privileged in that sort of once starting that I had a good six months where I was absolutely fine Mm -hmm. um so that was that was really helpful um I think I got very lucky with that um though but ever since then it has needed tweaking here and there but Mm -hmm. yeah Mm -hmm. And and that, I think that's quite normal, right? To not normal, but common, to yeah. um, tweak and kind of keep refining what is our staple kind of go-to meds that we kind of our core stuff that we you know kind of works for us, and it's different for everyone. Um, yeah. So you were diagnosed when you were twenty-two, and you're twenty-four now. Yeah, and after diagnosis you had a period of stability for about six months and then tell me kind of what your journey looked like between then and now because obviously now you're a mum you've got a daughter who's three months old so share with us a little bit about what the last sort of year and a half has looked like for you so I think I've had two episodes um I had a I think it, it it was coming up to the anniversary of, of my ex and everything so obviously we were we've been together a really long time um and I think like I said like stress and not sleeping usually causes a manic episode mm-hmm. um so that's how that went um and as as we know they are they feel great at first <laughs> but they're actually really harmful um so that lasted for about four five weeks I think um of just constant up moving spending a lot of money um and just really harmful harmful stuff because I think there's a really big misconception oh my goodness oh, we've been joined we've been joined uh, by her cat everyone and that, um, I'm a massive cat fan all, cat, all cats are welcome we have <laughs> bless him oh. um yeah that that you know these episodes are great and amazing and you feel so good um I don't think people understand that like I get quite irritable um when I'm sort of manic um stuff like that and it it can be really harmful Uh um so there was that and then towards the end of (laughs) 
towards the end of the year, um, I had a really low episode and um, attempted suicide again. Um, and then not long after, found out that I was pregnant. Um, so that that was that was amazing um, to sorry. This, uh, you can't see this guys if you're listening but we have this beautiful beautiful fluffy cat that literally wants to I think he wants to come on the podcast and be the guest I think he does he's got a lot to say oh, I'm, I'm a sucker for a cat because I've got two cats oh, okay. and, and they're always like in the middle of things and they, do you know what in the middle yeah. of recording they'll come like stomp all over the keyboard I'm like oh no yeah <laughs> don't worry absolutely I'm here for cats but yeah yeah he is he is lovely <laughs> so yeah so that was sort of not great and then I'm thinking oh I'm pregnant um but I'm still in this sort of period of not not having a good time but also I'm really happy mm-hmm. um so that was a really odd time um and they altered my tablets and stuff mm-hmm. um which really really helped and as much as pregnancy was hard um I was relatively st- stable to be honest aside from the like the hormones and and all that 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 obviously happens um but and I had a really good pregnancy I really did um it was just afterwards um so I'm currently in the hospital now um I'm in a mother and baby unit which is really rare I think there's only 14 in the in the UK Mm-hmm. um so I just happened to, to live really close to one um so I had quite a severe manic episode um in a way that I've never had before I think I think my my illness had somehow ch- changed mm-hmm. um I was experiencing quite a lot of paranoia mm-hmm. um and it was just it was really intense so they thought right I think I think Obviously, this would be a really good, a really good sort of plan. Um, and then, obviously, I think we know that after that episode comes the crash, um, mm. which I'm currently in now. So, mm. yeah, it's been it's been a hard sort of two years. Yeah, but here I am. So, oh well, I'm glad you're here, yeah. and um, thank you for being here during a low phase um as I know that you know doing anything above just what we need to do to you know get through a day is a massive ask so I'm really grateful that you're here and being you know super open about your truth and where you're at today um I just appreciate I appreciate your energy when I know you don't have much (laughs) right now yeah no it's um, um it's important so yeah yeah and and it's just not lost on me that it's not easy to do this in this space so just know that I'm grateful for you and being here and showing up yeah. despite that um so can you tell me a little bit because I get questions right I've had questions from women who are honestly a little bit worried about pregnancy a little bit worried about having a baby or growing a family um for the obvious reasons that come up with bipolar when you're a uterus owner a female living with bipolar right and um so 
you had quite a stable pregnancy apart from the anticipated you know hormones which is yes. usual in pregnancy and yeah. then you gave birth three months ago and then can you tell yeah. us a little bit more about what went on for you after you gave birth and you know what you've what you've been going through yeah um so I mean I've been told my entire pregnancy that I was high risk after which which obviously we knew um and the the team that I've got in place have been absolutely fantastic I have to say um so just after I'd had her I was absolutely fine like everyone's like oh you'll have the the hard you know and you'll be upset and it'll be it'll be really difficult and I just didn't have that so I'm thinking yes I've escaped it I'm out of the woods it's fine oh what the baby Um, blues you mean yeah okay um and then it got to about she must have been a week old I think and um things started to sort of escalate and I'm thinking this is great and I started it was just a big old you know thing where it started off really slowly um, and ended up lasting a really, really, really long time, um, which wasn't great for me because I've never, that's why they're, I think they're not sure now whether it's type two or type one. So that's the thing we need to sort of sort that out at some point. But I mean, mm-hmm. either way, I don't really mind. It's mm-hmm. all, you know, hopefully I'll be able to work that out at some point. So, yeah, I was just very irritable, very irritable, um, very paranoid as well. Mm. Um, Started experiencing, I mean, it's funny in hindsight, but at at the time, everyone was a bit like, what are you on about? I was convinced we were going to win lots of money. I made like a spreadsheet of how I'd spend it all. Um, I was going to end world hunger um it was just all sorts of stuff that I'd never experienced before mm. um and I've now f- found out that actually having a child is obviously s- such a big life change mm-hmm. um but n- not even just that it's changed the well my the, the way my my illness is and the way mm. it presents sort of permanently the chemicals have changed um which has been really odd um so yeah, it was a weird old time. Um, so then I thought, right, I worked with my CPN and I worked with my, my 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 partner, and we all thought perhaps it's a good idea, just while things are a little bit in, intense. And I don't know about you, but at the start of an episode, I'm like, no, no, I'm fine. This is not happening. I'm just in a good mood. I'm just in a good mood. Um, don't kill my fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, bring me down. Completely. <laughs> don't bring me down. Completely. Why can't you just be happy? I'm like, happy. <laughs> so I am I am hard at, at the start. Apparently it is is it is it is hard because I'm like, everything is fine, stop it. Um mm. so that it did take a while for me to go, yeah, okay, let's 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 go into hospital. Um what, and then what I was think, that for you? For what because I'm always curious about that I mean I'm now 10 years on from being diagnosed I I think I fight the truth of my symptoms less yeah there's still the tug of war that goes on obviously oh, of and because having perspective on yourself is so incredibly difficult it is it is what part of it for you changed from being leave me alone I'm fine 
why can't you just be happy I'm happy to okay maybe we need to look at this yeah um this this time it was really tough it was the paranoia I think for me but just because I'd never really had that before that I'd never really been a symptom of my high episodes um so I would be like I was staring outside in case somebody took my car and all sorts of stuff like that and I think it wasn't just my partner it was also my care coordinator and like family and friends and because all of those people were like look we know that you think you're having such a good time but you know we think this is happening and I've sort of learned over time to trust those people over me but that that did take a long a long time um but I'm glad that I am at that point now and that Um, requires trust that requires trust though right it does and that can only be built over time that isn't a one-time thing you know it's something that we as we I feel like we go through and we think you learn who's your trusted person who can see me better than I can see me when I can't see me and yeah yeah like that requires a bit of trust and it requires us to trust ourselves to trust them yes. too right so it's quite yeah, complex exactly. I under I can it understand is. why it doesn't just happen like people are like well why don't you just listen I, I understand why you can't just listen how can you it's yeah it's so much more than just listening it's it's safety it's trust yeah. it's all of these things that take time so I love that you have your key people that you think yeah I know yeah. I know that they know me and can see me when I yeah. can't, when I can't see me <laughs> exactly. um, yeah yeah exactly and, and that, but that, that that is hard you're right very like, hard it's it, it's really tough and also you don't because you're having such a good time it's always like you're always like no 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 because you want it to not be the case I think sometimes perhaps it it does click in my brain but I don't say anything because I'm like I'm having such a good time I've just had a horrible time let's just ride it out sort of thing um and then yeah it hits me and then comes the low uh when there's a big stress so obviously when I went into hospital that was such a scary stressful time that I just instantly went the other way um and I'm still there so it is it is tough it's tough yeah so your baby was how many weeks old when you went and got help and went into the unit um she was about two months okay so it's been about the last month for you yeah yeah it's been tough tough that month yeah and so you've been in and you're you're on a home visit at the minute right now as I'm talking to you is that right yeah 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 um and you're in the mother and baby unit and so tell me a little bit about that so you're with your baby in this mother and baby unit you're in the same room um and yeah yeah tell me what that looks like and how it's feeling for you I I can imagine I can only imagine because it's not been my experience that it's super hard um and I I really hope that you're getting support in there that feels supporting so can you tell me a bit about that for you yeah it is lovely especially compared to the hospital that I was in before that that was also really scary because I was like I don't want I don't for, for a while I was like I'm not going I'm not going just because I had such a horrible like 
experience the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I love is that they know how important it is for like re- re- recovery to have Luna there. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't have her there, you know, it would be it would be really really hard. I mean, it's it, it's hard anyway, but it's so like important that I have that time with her still. Absolutely. Um, everyone is lovely. There's only six people there at a time, so it's very personalized care um which is really really important um it it, it is lovely it's obviously not the same but they try their hardest to sort of emulate home life Mm -hmm. um so the staff help out with feeds for her at night because at home my partner was the one who did all of the feeds because he knows obviously sleep is quite a big trigger for episodes so he did all of the feeds at night because he's just incredible um so they sort of emulate that as well which is really really helpful Mm -hmm. um it's a really safe place and yeah it's as much as it's hard to be to be you know away from home because you know it's 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 always going to be hard to not be not be at home but um it's it's a lovely place so Mm -hmm. I'm very I feel very very privilege because I think as I said there's only 14 in the whole of the UK which I think is horrible that there, there should be more mm-hmm. and I think people need to be talking about sort of mental health after having mm-hmm. a baby mm-hmm. um so yeah thank you so much for sharing that um okay. with me um and I'm really glad that you're in a unit that you know is looking after what's really important which is not just you but your relationship with your daughter and I love her name what beautiful name (laughs) thank you you. um it's beautiful name um so yeah so I'm just really glad that they're supporting you and and that trigger thing on sleep is massive and yeah you know having somebody do that can be the difference between being well and unwell right to just so yeah. that you get that sleep because it's so important i hear it from so many people that live with bipolar that they all that everyone says the same right sleep 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 so yeah. important um it is it is so mickey before we kind of wrap up this recording with you today um can you tell us a bit about your musical side because I know that you use music and create music and it's part of your way of coping and living with bipolar so tell us about this wonderfully creative side of Mickey yeah so I do music under wilted flower um and the whole aim of that is to be as honest as as I can I'm extremely honest in my in in my songs um when I was in hospital last year actually I wrote a whole whole album um which will be coming out next year Mm -hmm. um and I don't think I would have handled it had I not Mm -hmm. you know had that time to sort of put how I was feeling into words because I think the more people that are honest and open, mm-hmm. the easier it is for other people to be honest and open and it just carries on and on and on. And I just think it's so important. Um, I've been writing since I was about 12. So sort of when things kicked off really. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
and then I just decided to I, I, I did poetry at first and I put out two poetry books too um, and I just decided to combine the two so yeah um, it's all about honesty and obviously the the experience that that sort of I I have and I try to be as yeah as honest as I can in my songs so it could be helpful for other other people out there um so yeah it's um it's good fun I'm absolutely certain it will be helpful to people out there um so can you where do we find you so we find you at wilted flower for your music at wilted flower uk is is the instagram and twitter yeah okay perfect so mickey thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me today in the middle of a low phase for you and a difficult time for you i'm very grateful from my heart to yours for your giving and your generosity in this space um and i know this conversation is going to help a lot of people oh no thank you (laughs) it will so lots of love Thank you for joining us for this episode of Let's Talk Bipolar, the podcast brought to you by Bipolar UK. Please go to our website, www.bipolaruk.org, for all of our resources and all of the support that we can offer you.